episode three of the Crunch Bunch podcast. I'm your host, Al, the Professor Maynard. The Crunch Bunch is a production of Uncommon Media and powered by Goss Dodge Chrysler Ram Jeep on Shelburne Road, South Burlington, Vermont, the number one Ram dealer in New England. Check out their selection today in person or online and tell them the Crunch Bunch sent you. If you'd like to hear more about how this crazy Crunch Bunch venture came to be, check out episode 20 on the Uncommon Deeds podcast. While you're there, enjoy the rest of the amazing conversations our friends Tom and Justin have put together for you. Today, we're coming to you from Zoom land. And although we like to do uh, face-to-face interviews, sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay. I'm still super happy to have our guest today be Nick Pilot. He's the 2012 Thunder Road Street Stock Champion, a legend at Thunder Road and many other tracks, seven feature wins at Thunder Road, and many more at other tracks in New England. I'm sure we'll get around to talking about those. Like Seriously, though, (laughs) it's the wrong time of the year for me to do homework and to try to figure out all those other other, uh, races that you've won. So um, especially with as many as you have. So what am I missing? So I know you race Riverside and you killed over there too. So seven ro- wins at Thunder Road. Um, what else have you done? Do you, can you even keep track of all of them? Ah, uh, geez. I'd, first of all, I need to thank you for uh, getting me on the show. Um, I listened to Ben and, and Tom every Friday on the way to work and other podcasts, and it really gets the time by on the on the ride to St. Jay every day. Um, yeah, when wins wise, I don't know. We just show up to the races to, to win. So there's probably 15 to 18 at Riverside. Um, fortunate enough, have seven, seven wins at Thunder Road. Um, to get just one is, is amazing there, especially with the, the crowd and um, probably another dozen to 15 at, at White Mountains and, and one at Canaan. Um, kind of just keep it all, all close home and so it's easy for the family and friends to, to come over and watch. Well, that's one of the reasons to have you on is that, you know, we have a lot of Thunder Road folks, um, but I'd love to have some perspective, not just from you as a driver um, and probably as a fan about the other tracks, but, you know, to, to know that when we're talking about the Crunch Bunch podcast, we're not just talking about Thunder Road, even though, you know, that's what I know best. Um, it doesn't mean that that's where, you know, the only place for four-cylinder racing and some awesome stories from awesome people really are. So um, I'm really glad that maybe you can bring some stories from other tracks and maybe even bring in some listeners from some other places. Now we say seven Thunder Road wins, but you've actually run won eight features there because I came second to you in a race there that started in a different state. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I did forget about that. Yeah. We started that 50 lapper at uh, Riverside. That's right. And uh, the rain's and uh, they couldn't figure out how to get us back to Riverside. So they threw, uh, what was it, like 30-something lots on uh, on a Labor Day weekend. Um, threw us in there on a on a Saturday. And yeah. we still had a race Sunday. And, yeah, yeah. no, I, I did forget about that. <laughs> so technically, that it's not a Thunder Road that, win. That was fun. Because, well, my trophy says Riverside on it. Um, but we received it in Victory Lane right. at Thunder Road. I, I don't know if that's ever happened in any other tracks. I know it hasn't to me. Has that happened to you where you started to race at one track and finished at another? No, no, no. That's definitely first. For sure. yeah. That was crazy. I remember that race because it's one of the reasons that I just 
I hated you. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, man, because I just could never catch you. It didn't really matter where we were or what we were doing. You guys were always at the top of your game. And it was just like, you just can't catch Nick. And you know, you're just always fighting for second. So luckily, I was um, the first loser to you. And I'll take it because you were so dominant. Um, But yeah, so I had second. Yeah, no, I was was pretty fortunate. I mean, when I got hooked up racing for Aaron, we just put so much time and effort and and also at that time was still in school. So Mm -hmm. Ben's job was to make sure the 11 car was ready to go to Thunder Road on a Thursday. The cooler was packed. They they picked me at Petticoat in St. Johnsbury and off to Thunder Road would go. And if there was a show Friday night, that was Ben's job on, on Friday at the shop to make sure the 11 car was ready to go to Riverside or, or White Mountains that, that following weekend. So I was very fortunate to have, have Ben being a, a kid and have the drive to to want to learn and succeed and and all that in between him and Aaron they definitely made me made me look good behind the wheel well you know the end of the show is gratitude but I appreciate that you're one of the nice guys so you want to throw all the thank yous on the front end and that's cool um it's always nice when you hear people like you know in comparison to some of the uncommon deeds podcast where you know you just you thank everybody else first um and be humble. And I've always appreciated that about you. That's what makes it so hard to hate you because you're so nice and so humble. And so that's not always true with most race car drivers. And so it was like, man, I really just wanted to hate this guy, but he's too damn nice. It makes it so hard on you to not like <laughs> him. So, but yeah, that, that Thunder Road race that was really a Riverside race was hilarious. And I, it was just so weird to receive a trophy for Riverside in Thunder Road victory lane. And uh, I couldn't catch you, but there was a good race for second, third and fourth there. Um, I believe, uh, Let's see, MC Ingram, I think, caught me from, like, a straightaway. And I was like, all right, because my car started going away with a few laps left. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to reel him in because the outside sucked, at least that day. And it was like, all right, I'm going to reel him in. I'm going to let him come in, and I'm going to get him to the outside and let him use up his stuff. Because I knew if you are on the outside for a few laps, it'd heat up your tires, at least in a Mustang, and you just wouldn't be able to go. And so I kind of hung him outside for a few laps, and then he kind of faded off. And so that's how I sealed second place. It was like – one of my big brain <laughs> maneuvers, which doesn't happen for me pretty much ever. So I feel like I have to bring it up here. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but yes, second to you is, is okay. I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll take it. Well, backing away from racing a little bit, like how have you been doing, especially in these kind of post pandemic times and is it back to normal for you? You know, what's, what's going on right now? Uh, it's pretty back to normal now. I mean, last year was, was so tough because we enjoy, or I enjoy racing so much and, being so involved with racing still obviously going over to thunder road every thursday um we had purchased a a camper in the in the winter with the anticipation of being able to keep racetracks all summer and go and see some some different different races and so on which we were very fortunate that new hampshire opened up with woodstock and so on so we spent most of our summer right down at woodstock um, watching the racing and and helping out when, with Ben on the Tiger car. And we had a couple trips over to, to Thunder Road for uh, Labor Day and, and the Melt Bowl and made the trip to the 250. So uh, we definitely made made the most of it um, with, with everything that's going on. I mean, unlike some places where everything was shut down and being a pain in the, pain in the butt, but, mm-hmm. but we were able to, 
to get a lot of stuff done last summer and, and enjoy it through the, through the whole pandemic. Yeah. Well, we're, again, we're going to talk a lot about racing, but what are the other things that you do? Like, what do you do for work or do you have other spare time things that you like to play around with? Or is it just race cars? What's work and play look like for you? Um, well, I'm the service and parts manager at an auto dealership in St. Johnsbury. Uh, I've been there for 13 years. Um, so I make travel over every day. Um, I have two boys, Oliver and Chase, uh, eight and 12. Could really care less about the whole racing now. Really? what they did very younger. Um, one would rather take his fish pole and fish while I'm racing at White Mountains. And the other one could just could just care less about that. My wife, Christine, she's, uh, I don't know the best way to put it. Some days she's a, a, a fan when I'm racing and other days she could really care less. But, but all in all, she's uh, stuck around through it. So, Well, that, I think that's true for a lot of people's partners. It's like, you know, it has to be kind of a team <laughs> effort and uh, some are totally all in like Thunder's <laughs> wife. And some people, some people are just kind of like, eh, right, right, take it or leave it. So um, it's cool to have that whole gambit. Um, so it sounds like you're doing all right. Things are kind of getting back to normal. What other stuff do you do other than racing in your spare time? Um, we just kind of chill around the house. We have a have a tiki bar where we just hang back and chill out, listen to music, play some cornhole, have some beverages, hmm. and just uh, pretty much screw off. Um, I'm not much of a other fan. I have no winter toys, no snow machine, none of that. Um, I do hang out with with Ben in the winter time because he does race the vintage snow machines and so on. So that that gets me at the house on the weekends and go watch him screw off. So <laughs> nice. So let's shift gears a little bit. So I remember what, the first time I met you, you told me how to pronounce your name. Do you remember how you tell people? Or do you still tell people how to pronounce your name the same way? Uh, yeah, so it's just like P-L-O-T, just P-Lot. I think you told, this is what I remember is like, you said Nick P-Lot. It's like when you drink a ton of beer, you pee a lot. P-Lot. Right. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I remember you said. lot <laughs> like when you drink a ton of beer. I thought that was hilarious, but it's a perfect way to keep people to ever like, they'll never forget your name. <laughs> once you share something like that exactly so i thought that was pretty cool but um unless you're ken right <laughs> ken ken squire totally demolished my last name for years there and so Tina's what's ken the list hit lost. me with the list of things that ken butchered your name like what else did he call you uh, i think it was like pilot or below or i mean he and Tina would just shake her head every time. Ken, it's P-Lot. And I think it was yeah, true with lots it, of people. It was all fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because I, I remember that, too, now that you bring it up. It was hilarious. And so did so. speaking of Ken, and, you know, he, he's given a lot of people nicknames, including myself. So you've been at so many tracks, and you've been so successful. Did you ever get a nickname? Because I don't think I know one. I don't think so. Um some somehow like the Jeffers jet got that at one point um but i don't even know where that even where it even started <laughs> in by even what announcer that's okay i remember reading through some some stuff that 
had just like Jefferson Jet, and I'm like, well, that's kind of different. <laughs> Jeffersonville Jet. <laughs> I like it. Maybe I'll start calling you that. New nickname is JJ. Oh <laughs> man. So so let's go back in time a little bit. What's the first thing you ever remember driving? So my very first enduro car, I was, I think, 15, 14, 15 years old. It was a door Malibu uh, with a 305 and uh, really did not pan out like it should. Um, ended up stalling at the green, gushed off the track, got it running, went back out and was in the total friggin' way. Got unloaded and sat broadside on the back at river all these eight cylinders come sailing at me and i'm thinking to myself what the hell am i doing so that was my my very first racing experience um did some four-cylinder enduros and so on and always blew right front tires and my first weekly four-cylinder car um, was in 2000 um we actually bought it from chuck Beatty. it was rachel's uh um charger um so that was when i my first full year of of street stock racing well how did you get into that so how did you get interested in starting an enduro and then moving on up um when i was a teenager we were playing all-stars of kids in the area here and um my friend jeremiah wasn't into racing we'd always sit up at riverside and watch racing and and he got racing a dodger and and so on and so i'm like ah screw it might as well build a force on the car and go screw off and and have fun but uh that's good i mean well, that's where it all did you think it about it started. before that like did you go to the track as a kid and do you think about racing before that anything like that yeah i when i was a kid i, I grew up in Grofton, mm-hmm. so i was at the racetrack every saturday um my uncle's george stone who's a multi-time track champion at at riverside um so i remember being a kid and sitting with my my grandfather in a lawn chair right in the front row right beside him watching the races and not moving until the races were over then now you sit there and you're like well i think this is obviously when you're a kid and you see a all the glory out there like oh that's what i'm gonna be when i grow up i race i want to this i want to do that and uh and so on so then we had moved to whitefield and um my uncle lives right at the bottom of the hill so the, the race cars were there all the time bob ramsdale another track champion at at riverside was a house down from where i grew up so there's always working on late models and and so on so Every Saturday morning, you're down there watching them do the final touches to, to get ready for to Riverside that night. And and then Sunday, you always woke up and rode your pedal bike down to the bottom of the hill to see what there was for footage because you couldn't see it from the grandstand and, and so on. But uh, that's pretty much where it where it all started early to, to mid 80s. That's cool when... Um... <clears throat> you know, it's usually family, right? Like you get kind of connected with folks and, um, you know, you get taken to a track by a family member. And um, that's some of my earliest memories too. And I think you just get hooked. Um, And that's why it's so important to get kids out to the track. So um, 
so that's kind of a racing background for you. So of all those memories you've made, um, what's your favorite racing memory? My favorite memory? Uh, boy, there's, there's always, there's, there's a ton of them. I mean, you get your, your first feature win always comes to mind, which was at, at Riverside or my first win at White Mountains, my first win at Thunder Road, um, winning at, at Canaan. I mean, all of those first wins are, are big. Um, then all your, your feature wins too, whether it be the Jake McDowell up at Riverside or a 50 lapper at White Mountains, um, the, the melt bowl. I, it took me three or four tries to, to do that. And I mean, there's just so many memories that, that come to mind that I, I can just pick one. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I was just thinking about that 50 lapper and I don't think it was like a, a memorial race or anything at the time. I think it was just a 50 lapper. Um, the one that got postponed. Now you said it was because of rain, but I know the rain did come, but we got called off the track before it started raining. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Biffer about <laughs> took down the front stretch wall. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think he broke his wrist in that deal or something, yeah. and yeah. it was awful. We were yeah. tearing up cars, and and Curly was like, you know, Mr. Curly yeah, said, Tom was no mas. <laughs> Tom was mad, and uh, I think he also saw yeah. the rain coming, and he's like, we got to get this late model show in before it rains, so, you know, forget these idiots out here beating their, each other's brains out, so I, I was just thinking, we got to set the record yeah. straight on how we actually ended up with a rain out it really wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just the rain that uh halted our yeah. progress we had a bunch of people destroying each other right. um but yeah I was wrong I think I was in the back stretch when Biffer hit the front stretch wall and when I came around I you know it was a red light and I didn't really know what was going on but later I figured it out um and that was pretty much it they parked us after yeah that. I think that happened yeah yeah that's yeah those those races are always fun to like go back to like your home track because you like you feel like you have that big advantage because no not Thunder Road guy ever ever came over then yeah I want to say we had come over like once a year we just kind of made it over there we just picked a weekend and went um and our car always went good over there we always had kind of the same setup pretty much as Thunder Road so at least for for rear wheel drive it didn't really matter um you just kind of had to hook the bottom of one and two pretty good. And if you could do that, you could be pretty good all the way around. Um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so if you had so many memories, it was so hard to keep track of. What is um, your biggest accomplishment then? You got to kind of pick one thing. What's your biggest accomplishment in racing? Uh, I guess winning that Thunder Road ship. I mean, that's probably the biggest one. Um, everyone is big on Thunder Road. There's always that, that year that I did win. We had close to 30 cars every every Thursday there. Mm-hmm. It was game of being patiently reckless, I guess, trying to get through the field. I mean, <laughs> that's fair. Kind of get a shit and get, but you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 was that's the thing. I mean, people people show up to, to watch the races. They, they, they want to see the guys in the back work their way to the front and, and pass cars and, and so on. And, and that's what, that, that's what makes it real. I mean, so I'm going to say 
that summer um, of 2012 yeah. was just a, a great year all around. So you've, you've raced a lot of tracks and, uh, and you mentioned Thunder Road as being kind of the, the biggest accomplishment as far as championships. Um, so what is different about Thunder Road? I've, I've, you know, talked to a lot of people and, you know, it's hard to describe sometimes, but if you could put it into words, what's, what's kind of that different thing about Thunder Road that makes it special? It's the fans. I mean, to, to go out, I mean, class day, I, I tried racing Thunder Road my, my rookie year. I'm out there for class day and you look at all the fans between the grandstands, the upper grandstands, Bud Hill, you're like, wow, I'm like, this is, this is the place. And then that, that first win, you're out, you get out of the car and just see all these people and you're like, wow, this is, this is the real freaking deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's been my experience. And I've raced at a couple of the tracks. I certainly haven't done as much as you, um, especially winning at other tracks, but um, yeah, there's just something about that. There's no doubt. Well, I have a couple more questions that are um, ones that I'll steal from Justin and Tom. So Justin's favorite question, and you, if you've listened to the podcast, you probably know, um, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a race car? Oh, geez. Um, probably when I unloaded you coming out of turn two in the qualifier and we both wrecked into turn three is probably mm. goes as one of the, the dumbest things. Um going three wide up at Riverside my second year and thinking that I was clear out of turn four and chopping myself and catching the gully and turn one and rolling up onto my side. Yeah, there's, those are the, the first two that, that come to mind of, yeah, you're a complete fucking idiot. And I, I'm remembering, <laughs> I think I remember when we got together, it was like on the back straight, like entering three, I think it was. And I can't remember what, I just remember us both being qualified. There was like a lap or so left. That was like, okay, just riding. And I don't even know what happened. I just know yeah. it was like, we just smashed into each other. I was like, what the hell happens? I, I don't even remember what happened. Yeah, I, I got into the back of you at it too. And I'm like, oh, wow. And you're like sideways and you kind of went towards the infield. I'm like, all right, if I can get up on the outside of you, I'll lessen the the blow when you come back up and we'll keep on going. And yeah, we both I didn't save it. spinning off in the turn, turn three. And yeah. Tom, Tom parked me for the qualifier. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's real friggin' smart. Oh. Well, you know, I would know that you would never do anything like that on purpose or any of that jazz. It's just kind of silly, to, you know, that you had to get parked because of that, because I've certainly made plenty of mistakes. Heck, the thunder, the thunder, I did this exact same thing to thunder. Like exactly what you're describing is the how like thunder and I met, um, I don't know, unceremoniously with a jack handle in Eddie's hands, you know. So, um, yeah, sometimes friendships can come right. out of that stuff. We were already close at anyway on that. We had a lot of respect for each other. So it was a bit weird, yeah. but th things happen. I'm not too worried about it nowadays, right? We, <laughs> that's a pretty distant past. So <laughs> the other uh, question that Tom likes to ask is, and I think it's a really good one, um, who's your biggest rival? Who's my biggest rival? Um, boy, I maybe like back in the, the growth in days, like – Luke Shannon and I, we were both very, very fast. And it was whoever got to the front and we always put on a, a good show. Um, maybe that 
that year, my first year at Thunder Road, Greg Adams and I were mm -hmm. same same way. We just made our way to the front, and the points were always always close here and there, and always at the end of the day, we still always shot the shit after and and so on and but um i don't i guess there would be like the rival on track but off track we still yeah. shot the shit so yeah well so i'm interested like this idea of um like points racing so like if you're really close in points with somebody like do you think about that stuff or you just go race do you think like okay i gotta get by that guy or I got to keep this guy behind me. Like, how does that work for you when you're in the car? I just want to pass as many cars as I can and let <laughs> the yeah. cards fall. I mean, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, if I can go from 18th to fourth, sweet. Because the, obviously the, the, the fans are, are watching you and, and so on. And if you go from 18th to 16th and you're like, man, I totally sucked. But <laughs> Burned a lot of gas and tires really for not much. Yeah. It's kind of in your mind. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, it's always in your mind about getting ahead of that guy. And I guess it's like wanting to get ahead of him first so you can break trail and hopefully get some cars in between you mm -hmm. instead of you watching him pull away from you. So if you're in a tight battle with it's someone all about to it, yeah, I hear you, man. I, I'm the same way. And you know, honestly, there's a few other drivers that I've had conversations with that, you know, always kind of mapped out in their head all these different scenarios. And they're thinking about this guy and, well, I got to pass you. I and mean, people come into my trailer and be like, well, you're five points ahead of me. So I got to do this with you. And I'm like, I think you're overthinking it, man. <laughs> I don't have enough bandwidth for that. Right. And stuff happens too fast to be thinking that stuff. And my experience has also been those mm -hmm. those folks that overthink it a little bit, they, they end up kind of jamming themselves up pretty good. So I love your approach to just like pass as many damn cars as you can because that's the most fun anyway. And it's the best show. Um, and I mean, I'm with you 100%. So, so you had multiple rivals at multiple <laughs> tracks, but mostly because you were up, up at the top of points and stuff. So... So I get that. I get that for sure. So, okay. You, you've driven different stuff, but we're talking about like a ladder system. Um, that's been a thing before, right? Uh, you know, you know, I can go up to the next level. What's that look like? Um, so for you, have you thought about going up the ladder? Have you tried other cars at other tracks and think about moving up? Like, was that part of your, your process? Um, I, I, it's never really crossed my mind. I guess I'm, I'm pretty comfortable riding a tricycle because being a tricycle, <laughs> being front wheel drive, you, you kind of know your limits. Well, they are um, tricycles now. They only I've use only three driven, tires. The left rear is up in the air like a foot. Right. So. Right. I've never really driven anything rear wheel drive. Um, my rookie year, I lost the head gasket in my charger. I drove Danny Bigelow's car one night up at Riverside. So, I mean, you just figured 20, 21 years ago, my size compared to Danny's size, I was floating in the seat and, and so on. I ended up second, but that was really my only rear wheel drive car other than Adam Maynard needed me to take a green one night in the Tiger. And it was just strictly take a green. And, and I felt so out of my realm that like, <laughs> I don't even think I have any thought of moving up and, and doing something like that but i mean obviously by by moving up it takes a lot more 
time and, and dedication to, to do it. And I guess I never don't have any interest in it right now. Well, so if you could go back and do one thing differently in your racing career, what would that be? Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe I've, I've just taken that, that chance of, of moving up, um, not being worried about, about anything and just, just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah. What would you have done then specifically? Like how would you have moved up the ladder or what would, how would it have made sense to you? Um, like probably at, at that time, um, Riverside had just an eight cylinder street stock Monte Carlo Camaro class, which would have been the, the next step up before the, the tigers and so on. And then you could kind of go up from, from there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, do you feel like you have regrets around that? Or, you know, how's it feel? I'm not trying to dig it up uh, and make you feel bad, but like. Right. Yeah. I, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, it was just never like a, a turn on, on to, to that next, next level. Yeah, it's like you you look at how well, like, um, oh, we'll just use like Jason Woodard, for instance. He goes good at Thunder Road in the Tiger. Um, like White Mountains, Quinny goes good in the late model. Um, Jason goes good, Colas, in, in his late model. And and you, you look at all of their their wins and their their championships and so on. It's like, wow, that, that'd be pretty cool. But then I'm like, ah, that's more work and and so on um where i have just as much fun driving the four-cylinder car um helping ben on his late model part-time or or even his bigger and i can have just as much fun um like i said i, I go to i help jason Collis every thursday on on his car and i have just as much fun help them as what i do with the steering wheel in my hand so to to move up, I don't, I don't know. I hear you. So I asked you earlier on, like, what are the other things that you're doing? You didn't mention the cordless thing. So how did that all come about? Because, I mean, you guys had probably raced against each other a little bit, maybe, but how did that, how did you end up working with those guys? Um, so Travis Brisbane, who, who helps Jason also, um, his dad lives in, in Maidstone and he's friends with Ben and, and the whole group. And it was a Friday night. We we're just hanging around, having some beers at, at Ben's, Ben's parents' house. And Travis is like, Hey, you and, uh, you and Ben should really come out, uh, call us. And I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, Chris Burnett owns it. Great guy. And so on. I'm, I'm telling you, you guys really need to come over. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think we were kind of screwing off with one four-cylinder at, at White Mountains and so on. So I think the first couple races, Ben went over, and I was shy. I mean, I didn't know any of them at that time. And, like, midway summer, I went over and got, got hanging out. And I've pretty much been there ever since. That's got to be fun, right? To stay engaged and kind of learning, right? So for me, it was always kind of like, what can I learn that's new? And um, there's so much going on with late models in particular, just to be able to pick some of those guys' brains. 
there's just so many people that are so smart around racing. Oh, for that, sure. Yeah, you can't help but pick something up. What's what's one thing? Well, you're still kind of thinking about racing here and there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We had built a a Honda in the off season, and we kind of pick and choose when we want to go play and and, and have fun. It's kind of like one of those things. We'll I'll shoot a text to Aaron and say, "Hey, what do you think about going racing this weekend?" Yeah come on over. We'll dig the car out of the trailer. We'll go through it. and We'll go racing Saturday. So it, it's well, yeah. kind of off the hip. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to get you in trouble, but I wanted to ask you because of like the access to information and like what has ever translated, like what can you learn about late models that actually translate to a, especially a front wheel drive four cylinder car. Is there anything that kind of like moves over with you and becomes useful information? that you can share with us? <laughs> oh, I, I don't think there's really anything to tell you the truth. I mean, like listening yeah. to the Thunder episode, he was like, and go up the, the ladder system, you needed, you need to be in a rear wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bobby Therrien, I thought, did just fine from his Daytona to a Tiger. Um, a, a lot of them have, have done well from that, that mm-hmm. front wheel drive to, to a, a tiger so I, I think it's all on on what you make of it this is the the special segment that everyone's always interested in um and it is called wiener time of course wiener time is brought to you by yates auto body on route 14 in north montpelier vermont from fender, fender benders to custom paint sierra friend donnie yates whom we've both raced against right at uh, yates auto body and tell them that we sent you um so those that know anything about street stock racing at Thunder Road in particular, but also he's raced at Groveton and he's been a tech inspector at Groveton. Um, William Hennequin, probably known him better as Wiener by everyone. Um, he, he uh, you have to admit, he's one of the most exciting drivers that I've raced against and watched. I'm, I'm guessing you feel the same way. So do you have a favorite Wiener Hennequin story? Yeah, I was trying to think because when uh, I listened to the thunder, I'm like, boy, do I have a wiener story? And um, I really hate to admit it, but I don't think I've ever been wienered. I mean, I don't remember any ins or, or him coming over with a cigar or a cigarette out of his mouth, hollering at me or, or anything like that, or, or, or anything really crazy. I mean, kind of a, a one man show and he, he does well. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of even up at Riverside when he was the tech inspector, if if there's anything, it was just just Wiener. I mean, we all know how Wiener is and does and says and all that gibberish, but. Oh, Wiener being Wiener. Um, so I think the, the quote of the day for sure is I've never been Wienered. Um, you, you've been a lucky driver to never have been wienered. That's for sure. Um, so if, but if something comes to you in in the time we're still together here, you, you make sure you let me know. Um, now it's time for quick hitters. So what's your favorite food? My favorite food, um, I'm guessing it's going to have to be fries. Fries? I'm a big homemade French fry fan. Yeah. So, uh, that's good that's that's a new one on me uh do you listen to music yeah i listen to a lot of octane on on sirius okay um my boys are 
are more on the uh, leftway side of things. Have to switch back and forth, but for me, it's it's octane. Nice. So you got an XM station that's you know Sirius XM is important because obviously the Crunch Bunch is named uh, through Dave Moody, who has a Sirius XM uh, XM Speedway, right? So um, you can probably listen to that on NASCAR channel yes. as well. Um, so, so favorite band, like if you had to have like one album, you're on a deserted Island and that's all you had. Boy, I, I just listen to so much. So I guess if I just had my satellite radio, I'd be fine. You don't, you don't, you have, you have to pick one band. I, I know. Boy, I guess I'd have to go with like breaking Benjamin or mm-hmm. freaking see or, or something. Sure. I can go with that. So along those lines. That's cool. Well, you're listening to the right station, that's for sure. So next question. Favorite place you've ever been? Like maybe visited or something like that? Um boy, in April for the for the race. That was the first time ever going there. That was that was fun. Um we've had a couple we went to Bristol with Ben with the uh with the Vores series. So that was a lot of fun to see. 70 something plus on the cars and hmm. pro stocks and street stocks and, and modifieds just that was a lot of fun uh, just to be there it was a, a bucket list to do nice what about what's your favorite place that you'd like to go that you haven't been yet uh, boy i don't really have one in mind i mean obviously i i like warm warm weather so I'd be somewhere where it's 80s all the time and uh cold drinks <laughs> there's lots of places like that so um it seems like you'd be successful if it's that <laughs> simple <laughs> it doesn't seem that complicated all right last one of the quick hitters i think i know your answer here right. front wheel drive or rear wheel drive and why um i'm gonna have to go front wheel drive like i said that's pretty much all i've driven um it's it's simple it's it's like riding a bike I mean, you, you get sideways, you just point it where you want to go and mash the throttle. I mean, if you put me in a rear wheel drive, I'd have that mentality and I'd be digging up Chris somewhere, whether it be Thunder Road or White Mountains. Like I said, I'm, I'm that guy that, that a tricycle. It's funny you mentioned it as a tricycle. It's like so funny because that's basically how they are with the left rear off the ground right now. So, oh man, well, that, that concludes our quick hitters. <clears throat> so lastly, um, and as talked about before, we like to end on, on gratitude. So who would you like to thank the most for your racing career? So my racing career, um, obviously it started back in, in 2000, um, driving a Dodge Charger. I mean, at that time, there was a ton of them at, at Thunder Road. Um, I think Jamie Rabideau, was coming over from Airborne with his. Um, seen some pictures, Justin and Eddie, with a couple of their buddies with with Chargers in the day. Um, ran those for for three years. Um, took kind of a a summer off and got hooked up with Quinny and helped him with the late model. And I got the the phone call from from Mike Richards who owned Volkswagens down at White Mountains. Um, he called me up and he's like, is your seat available? 
I'm like, my, my, what do you mean is my seat available? He goes, is your seat available? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's in my race car. He goes, no, what I'm talking about is, is it available to go into my car for the rest of the summer? I'm like, okay. I'm like, what do I got to do? He goes, you just bring your seat. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what am I doing? Well, you're you going to drive the 14 car. And you go, just show up with your seat, show up every Saturday. And, and that's that. So um, I was fortunate to, to drive for him from 07 to, to 2010. Um, and great car owner um, on top of his game with, with everything really gave me that 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 chance to to drive for someone with 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 good equipment and and so on um i would i was also dabbing a little bit with the the little happy honda enduro car so i'd race that white mountains and can hop in my jeep and race up to grofton and and race the the 100 lap enduro all in the same night um just it's just what we did um, after 2010, um, I just didn't want to commit to White Mountains Weekly anymore. And Aaron had had purchased a Cavalier, and he goes, "Ah, yeah, let's just uh, let's just do some some part time racing. We'll go here, go there. We just won't chase points anywhere." So I'm like, "All right, hell of a deal." The wife thought it was was great because you weren't going to be at the track every Saturday and and so on. So. We started by going to that first um, practice at, at Thunder Road, showed up with the green car, no numbers, kind of get the feel for it and blew the motor that I think it was like a Tuesday or, or Wednesday. So I'm like, well, we don't got to worry about showing up opening day now. And uh, no sooner I got back and they pulled out the motor and built a new one and we showed up for, for opening day and I think we finished seventh and um went back the next week which was uh Meckleson's RV and won that next thing you know we we stayed at Thunder Road that whole summer and raced off and Rolston yeah almost as much I mean yeah. at, at, at one point we were leading points at, at both places and I'm like wow so much for the part-time summer and we added <laughs> the uh, Enduro car and I think we raced like 40 times that summer um came up short on the championship and um, we actually sold the car before the last race to, to Dave Driscoll. Um, I had to balance car, melt multiple points race, never been in the car before. Um, then we built a new car through that winter and a bunch of races in, in 2012. And we um, won the championship and then that car destroyed the, the following year at uh, White Mountains when I rolled over down the front stretch. So that put the kibosh to that one. We built the red car and ran that a few times. Um, ended up selling that. Um, and then just kind of did some some one one hit races. Uh, I ran Keith Norman's car one night at Thunder Road. I ran Casey Collins' car a couple times. I ran the, the Beatty car at, at the Melt Bowl and, and ended up winning. Um, that was just something that was thrown together in, in a week and, and stuff. And I mean, the two full years of, of racing Thunder Road, I don't think I ever ended up on the record. I was hooked up to the, the Blake record that whole weekend. I got caught up in a melee and folded the front end, broke an axle shaft on Sunday. Um, just everything came together then. And 
-hmm. and we just take took some time off and now we got this little honda that we putter around with and just kind of screwing off (laughs) when it's uh when it's convenient yeah that's a good arc of of and you know along the way (laughs) you know the arc of your racing career and all the people you named that you know you have to thank along the way um, I think that's that's what it's all about, right? Is being able to make those connections and those relationships. So, is there anyone else you want to thank, like family or friends or sponsors or anything like that that have helped you along the way? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, just uh, all the guys that that helped me um, for their their support and and so on. Obviously, my my family, um, they're obviously my my biggest supporters and and my my friends that just want come out to to watch me and or watch the races and and so on then we all hang out at the end of the night and bullshit about how the races went and mm. have some drinks and go from there but uh i I've, I've just been very fortunate to to be able to drive some some cool stuff and win some win some cool races and and meet some really cool people and uh, it's okay to talk about sponsors too. I mean, without them, we really can't make these things going. Even though you might not still be racing full time, who are some of your biggest helpers in that area? Um, obviously, Aaron's repair. Um, Aaron owns has owned the cars that I've driven for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he sleeps, breathes this stuff, and um, it's Ben's uncle, and we keep him pretty busy with with both racers and always has his, his mind thinking on how to make our cars go faster. So, I mean, he's the, the magician with the hat, if you, if, if that's the best way to put it. Sure. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time here and um, it's really been awesome. I got to learn a lot about you and that's what this is all about is being able to kind of, you know, figure out what else people have going on in their lives, but also, you know, tell some of those stories in the arc of your career. And um, it was really cool to learn more about you, especially the other tracks. And again, I'm hoping that we, you know, pull in some other folks that are interested in listening to and have followed your career, um, listening to this podcast. So um, there you have it. Another episode of the Crunch Bunch. I want to, again, thank Nick Pilot. If you drink a lot of beer, you pee a lot for being my guest. Um, I say it right. <laughs> I wish you the truly, very best of luck. Drink truly because they're only a hundred calories. Oh, that's right. Well, okay. There's your, there's your sponsor. There's your next sponsor. <laughs> truly. Oh man. So, um, best of luck with whatever you got going on part-time. Cause that can be really exciting and fun when you're not worried about points and also with the 66 team, um, and their continued success. I don't think we need to wish them much luck because you all are really, on rails and are on a trajectory towards another championship in the late models at Thunder Road with, um, with Jason Corliss and the rest of that gang. So um, best of luck with that and all your other racing endeavors. Definitely. Uh, thank you, Al. Um, thank you for the, the, the sponsors, uh, Goss Dodge and, and Yates that um, allow you to, to do this and allow you to, to reach out to, to us and we can talk about what we do and, and how much fun we have in the good old days now and then that's okay right good times right exactly well thanks again this has been the crunch bunch podcast an uncommon media production be sure to follow like and share the uncommon beats podcast on all social media platforms and let us know how we're doing and who we should talk to next 
Lastly, be sure to check out our friends at Costage and Yates Auto Body. Thank you all for listening. Stay awesome, and we'll see you at the track.